Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. The Pharisees went off and plotted how they might entrap Jesus in speech. They sent their disciples to him with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. And you are not concerned with anyone's opinion, for you do not regard a person's status. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Knowing their malice, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin that pays the census tax. Then they handed him the Roman coin, He said to them, whose image is this and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. At that, he said to them, then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So today the church celebrates World Mission Sunday. It's also October 22nd, and it's the memorial for Pope St. John Paul II. Unfortunately, he gets trumped because of the Sunday liturgy, but I wanted to honor him by wearing his socks today in case you're wondering what in the world is Father wearing. They're not some kind of funky Argyle socks. They're Pope John Paul II socks. Did any of you get to see him in person while, while he lived? Yeah, good. Some of you. I saw him for the first time with my own eyes in person in Denver, Colorado in 1993 when he traveled to the United States for World Youth Day. And then I was fortunate enough to see him in New York in 95, in St. Louis in 99. I went to Rome to study for a couple years, so he was still alive. I saw him then, and I saw him right after my ordination. I was ordained in 2004, and I got to take a picture with him with all of my classmates uh, in the Vatican, which was a real, a real blessing for sure. So I'm considered a John Paul II priest because I joined the seminary and was ordained while he was still Pope. And there's so much that we could say about him. I think in light of today's gospel and the fact that it's World Mission Sunday, we could highlight the fact that he went out to meet the world. Arguably, he was the most traveled pope ever, and perhaps that there will ever be. And I think that's something that was so inspiring for people. He went to big cities, he went to big countries, he went to small countries, and he wanted to bring the gospel, he wanted to bring the good news to so many people, as many people as he could. And I remember for me, as I was, uh, I was 20 years old that summer of 93, and I just remember seeing him come in on a helicopter, and there were literally hundreds of thousands of young people from around the world 
Catholic young people, all different shapes and sizes, all different colors. And so the universal church was manifested there. And you had the Pope, the Vicar of Christ, the successor of St. Peter, who was leading us in worship there. And I'll never forget what he said after his homily, because honestly, I don't really remember much about what he said on that Sunday. It was August 15th. It was the Assumption. But he was so good about capturing the moment. And so he asked for the microphone after the creed had been uh, recited. So after his homily, after the creed, maybe even uh, after the prayers of the faithful, I'm not sure about that. But anyway, he asks for the mic again. And he said something to the effect that, as I was preaching today, I said that we shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel. But he said, you know what? I want to put a positive twist on that. We should be proud of the gospel. And of course, everybody cheers. And it was just his way of highlighting and, and accentuating the positive, the good news that we believe in, that we've experienced as Christians. And he was so good about creating an experience of God. And of course, when you're gathered with so many people and you've got good music, it helps to create an experience of God. And I think that's something we all need to keep praying for. It's something that God wants us to have. Paul highlighted that at the end of today's second reading. Let me pull it out here real quick. So he said to the Thessalonians writing, but he's addressing the Thessalonians. He said, our gospel did not come to you in word alone, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with much conviction. And that's so true. As Father Patrick has probably said here, because we both hear Dr. Mary Healy say it so often, that whenever Jesus himself proclaimed the gospel, it was always accompanied with some kind of demonstration of divine power. So there were usually signs and wonders. There were miracles that Jesus would perform so that people could have an experience of God's mercy and love and power. So yes, he was loving, he was forgiving, and that in and of itself is awesome. But then we know that he healed the sick and multiplied the loaves and the fish. So these were all accompanying signs, you could say, that helped people have an experience of God. And today, as I like to say, that's the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit still animates all of us Christians and the church, because we are the church. And you might say that we're all called to a mission. We're all on mission. I call that the dynamic of God's dynamic love. The dynamic of God's dynamic love. We're all caught up in it from our baptism. 
We were introduced into this dynamic of God's dynamic love, which is to say he chose us. In our first two readings today, we also heard that God chooses certain people and we're all chosen for a particular mission within the church, within the body of the church. We all have a part to play. And it's important. Each and every one's particular role or mission is important. You might say it's indispensable. If we're going to live out to the full, the mission that God has entrusted to us, his church. And so he first gathers us in and he reveals his love to us. Just like John Paul II would go out and reveal, he would gather people together, like hundreds of thousands, even millions of people. He would gather them together in the spirit. He would reveal God's love to them. And then what would he say? Then what would he say? Okay, that's it. Everyone just go home now. No. <laughs> he would say, you go out now. Dear young people, you go out into the highways and byways, into the marketplaces, to the malls and the theaters. And now you might say, even to the internet. And you witness to what you've experienced. The love of God, the power of God, the glory of God. And you gather your, your friends together, your neighbors. You gather them together now. And you share this good news with them so that they can have an experience for themselves. And then they'll be motivated to go out and do the same. And that's how it goes. That's the dynamic of God's dynamic love. But the experience is something that we have to seek with faith and hope and love. And I believe that God answers that prayer. I've seen it more and more in my own life. Going to encounter ministries, going to the school of, of ministry, like Father Patrick did, going on mission with Father Patrick. It's so exciting, it's so inspiring to see God work through you in a powerful way. As, as we pray for healing, God heals people. It's pretty simple. But now my level of faith, my expectation has gone up so much in the last couple years in particular. And so we can all be a good example for one another, just like Father Patrick was a, a great example for me. And now we've got to go out on mission together so we can inspire one another. And that's really how it works. That's how it's supposed to work. And so when we just reflect on the life of somebody like John Paul II, not that we're going to imitate him, because you could say, well, gosh, I'm never going to be the Pope, and I'm never going to travel the world. That doesn't matter. What matters is that we be inspired by his example, by his life, to do something like that. To be witnesses to hope. That was the title to the biography that George Weigel wrote about John Paul II, Witness to Hope. Wouldn't that be a, a great thing for somebody to put on your tombstone? He or she was a witness to hope and inspired other people to keep loving, 
to keep believing. I was talking to my mom on the way over here this morning. And she was asked, she's in a class right now about the book of Revelation in the Bible. And there's many different ways that you can interpret that book and apply it. It's the word of God and it has many different applications. But she said, you know, do you, in your community, because I live with five other priests, do you talk about the end times and what's going on in our world? I said, well, you know, mom, we tend to focus on the good that God is doing through us and in the lives of the people that we minister to. I said, you know, why would I want to think about what ungodly people are doing all the time? Does it say in the scriptures that we should pay attention to what ungodly people are doing all the time? I don't think so. (laughs) So I'm not saying that we should all be naive about what's happening, but we shouldn't be obsessed with it. We shouldn't be worried about it. We should have a, a healthy concern for sure. I mean, that's what Mission Sunday uh, inspires us to do on some level, to be concerned for the mission of the church and the good that she wants to keep doing and the help that she needs to do that. But we shouldn't be worried about what ungodly people are doing. Let's, let's think about what God is doing. And let's ask the Holy Spirit to make us a part of God's work more and more. That we can all do our little part each and every day. And as we do that, God multiplies it. God is the one who multiplies it. And it has a ripple effect, you might say. And we we may not even see that in our lifetime. Recently, earlier this month, well, October 1st, in fact, we celebrated St. Therese, the little flower. Well, she was a cloistered nun in France. She died at 24. But now she's having a worldwide impact. Not just in the church, but even beyond. And up Woodward Avenue, yes, up, because we're south of it, <laughs> we would say, you know, so up Woodward Avenue, We've got the shrine now here in Detroit dedicated to the little flower. How's that? How did that happen? By the grace of God. Because she had great faith and she had great love for Jesus that she was filled with. You might say she was possessed by the Holy Spirit. And she had great faith in the power of prayer. And in the universal church, She believed in the communion of saints. And she knew that her mission was only beginning with her death. How about that? She knew that her mission was only beginning with her death. That from heaven, she would continue to participate in the life of the church like never before. I think that's awesome. That inspires me to pray for the missions. Believe it or not, she's the patroness of the missions. And she never left her convent once she joined it as a teenager and died less than 10 years later. So she didn't go out on mission physically, but spiritually. She was always praying for the church and the mission of the church for the salvation of souls, the conversion of sinners, So 
all of us can participate in that. So nobody has an excuse here. Even if you're confined to a wheelchair or confined to your bed, you can still be a missionary in spirit. You can still have an impact on the world, no matter where you are, no matter who you are. So let's pray, Holy Spirit, help us to have a missionary spirit, no matter who we are, no matter where we are. Help us to have a great spirit of love and of faith and and hope in the power of prayer and in the power of love. Believe in love. Believe in the power of love. Even the smallest act of charity can have a great ripple effect that we will only see at the very end of time. Do you know that? We believe in two judgments. When we die, we'll have our personal judgment. But then at the end of time, at the end of all time, at the final judgment, we're going to see how all of our acts of love had a ripple effect throughout the history of the church. Because we can even pray backwards. (laughs) Because God is outside of time. We can pray backwards and we can pray forwards. Did you know that? And so our prayer, your prayer, has a great impact on what is happening today and in the past and in the future. So Lord, increase our faith, increase our hope, increase our love, that we may actively participate in the dynamic of your dynamic love. Amen.